Broadcasting from Singapore and broadcasting all around the world. You're listening to the Ignite EdTech Podcast with Craig Kemp, created by an educator for educators and streaming to the world. Now, over to your host, Craig Kemp. Hello and welcome to episode 120 of the Ignite EdTech Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Kemp, and I'm honored to have you join us. I continue to work with the incredibly talented Mark Quinn to improve the final audio quality of this podcast. He has his own podcast production studio that provides editing and mastering services to content creators. To connect with Mark, please see the details in the podcast notes below. A tool that has positively impacted the authentic and purposeful use of technology into classrooms and meeting rooms that I have worked in is Tinker. Tinker is a learn-to-code platform that starts kids with visual coding and graduates them to writing an actual code. The block-based programming is based on Scratch, a tool developed by the MIT Media Lab to teach kids the concepts of programming. Players encounter new programming concepts one step at a time as they attempt to solve many programming puzzles. A typical puzzle offers the player a few simple code blocks like jump, walk, and repeat. When blocks are assembled into the right sequence, a colourful cartoon character ambles across the screen, hopping over obstacles and reaching a reward on the other side. A variety of challenges take the player into outer space, solving puzzles on locked doors using programming codes, and even a set of levels where programs cause a small robot to draw shapes on the screen. Feedback after every level rewards stars for good answers and offers tips when the program fails to solve the assigned task. I've seen this used in many schools and classrooms and I highly recommend that you check it out. You can look at the link in the description below, tinker.com. Last week, I shared part one of my series discussing the steps to take your ideas and turn them into a viable business. If you're interested in learning more, go back and listen to last week's episode. This week, I wanted to continue the idea of a business solution story and discuss ways to make this a reality. Last week, I talked about the beginning stages of idea generation and how EduSpark was formed and developed. Today, I'm going to dive into some steps that you can actively take and share to start this process yourself. As a teacherpreneur, you have so many ideas in your head and so little time to do anything with them. Whether you're in the classroom or not, you still have a lot going on and being pulled in multiple directions. One of the things I wish I had known back in the day was just how influential I could have been as a classroom teacher for edtech companies And for myself, as an idea generation tool. EdTech companies are craving teachers to give them feedback, ideas, and supports. I remember being in the classroom and at least once a week facing a problem and coming up with an idea or a solution. I'd call these my crazy problem-solving ideas. And these would almost always just be lost by my brain as I had no capacity to store them and no desire or time to take them any further almost always, because I was too busy. Now, as I think back, I want to educate other teachers and leaders about what to do and how to do it. We need to better support educators in their personal and professional growth and development, both in the classroom and at a school level, and if they desire, time to grow themselves and their own ideas so they can become a reality and add greater good back to the education community. That's the intention with me sharing here. To start with, 
Your starting point should always be to identify a problem. What are the biggest frustrations of your role and what things do you not have a solution for? Simon Sinek says, people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. And by identifying problems, it can help us identify that why. Think big and small here. It could be a micro problem that involves a small part of an existing system or tool, or a larger problem like what you wish the LMS at your school could or should do. Both of these scenarios are the perfect hubs for a business to be born. Once you've identified the problems, write them down. Jot down some key elements of these problems and what a solution could or should look like or do. What would you want to achieve? And what could this look like? I always jot this down in a Google Doc and focus on keywords or thought processes that I might be able to come back to later. Even if you don't think it's possible, write it down. Next step is a little bit of trial and error and sense checking. Have a conversation with a trusted partner or fellow teacher. Share the problem and your idea of what a solution could look like and seek their honest feedback. You need critical friends at this point who are going to tell you just how it is, so choose wisely. This is the chance for you to think about the ways in which this could develop into a functional tool or solution to solve a problem. Trial and error can kick in if the solution could be easily tested by yourself. Have a think about this for your specific content. What we're looking to try to do here is then think about if we could create an MVP or minimum viable product to test the solution. Next for me comes the ideation phase of an idea. Once it's been sense-checked with a few people, and if I have had the opportunity to test or trial some things in conversations, or with an MVP, I write down all crazy ideas. Normally, I do this using a 3-2-1 model. I first spend three minutes writing non-stop using a timer. I write down all the crazy ways of solving the problem and think outside the square every step of the way. I might even get some sentence starters as an aid to help me get started so I don't have any mind blanks. Normally, I have three to five ideas, if not more, that are possible solutions. Next, I spend two minutes adding to these ideas and selecting the one or two ideas that make the most immediate sense without doing too much thinking. The final minute is spent using AND statements. I add elements to my initial sentences or ideas to make them more detailed and add value. These could be things like, and then I would have a dashboard to give me graphic data on the output, or, and I would have choices for different age groups. This helps flesh the idea out and gives me a sense of whether I get excited about an idea or not. The 3 one model is something that I developed very easily in the work that I did. Next, I share my concepts and ideas with the same trusted friend or different trusted friends, or even a group of people and ask for their ideas and feedback. Sometimes, I'd even share questions out to my social channels, trying to seek out if other people have the same problem and if they have identified solutions for it. If this is something that other people might see as a problem, I don't give too much away. I give more of a social survey of sorts. This helps, again, to sense-check the idea with those not as close to me. Obviously, from here, very few ideas actually come through, and then we reach the time to bring in the experts, so I won't dive too much deeper for now. But if anyone is on this journey, 
and wants support or ideas on how to develop them, please don't hesitate to reach out and I'd love to be a part of your journey with some free advice or concept sharing. Sometimes two heads are just better than one. And now that I've been involved in this space for some time, I know what to look for and what immediately misses the mark. One final piece of advice, seek out other people in this space and join communities of learning. There are many communities across social channels that you should join. You can do a simple search in your social channel of choice for things like edtech founders, edtech startups, or just educators learning, and you'll start to find other people on similar journeys to you. Having people around you is extremely valuable. To learn more, please connect and follow on your social channel of choice and don't hesitate to reach out with your thoughts and ideas. Every week, I bring you a short interview with some of my edu heroes, an engaging learning experience with someone who makes a difference in education every day, with a particular focus or angle towards educational technology. This week, I had the pleasure of chatting with Sia Raj Purohit. Let's have a listen to the chat. Today, I have the honor of speaking with Sia Raj Purohit. Sia is an operator investor in the edtech and future of work sectors. She's the global edtech and workforce development category lead at Amazon Web Services and is based in New York City. Sia is also the co-founder and partner of Pathway Ventures, a venture capital fund that invests in innovative models of earning, learning, and community building. Sia, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Are you ready to talk about education and technology integration? Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Let's go. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your current role and what inspires you to do what you do? I currently lead AWS technology partnerships for the edtech and workforce development sectors. We'll get more specific on what AWS is doing in the sector later in this episode, But to answer your other question, I love what I'm doing because our team at AWS is trying to build the infrastructure to enable our edtech partners to grow. It's our goal to help them make it really easy for customers to discover and use the best edtech tools for their teams and classrooms. That is really cool. And and we got connected via um, some of the stuff you're doing with AWS and me just being connected in general to the cool stuff that you're involved in. And your journey with EdTech has been pretty cool. Uh, Tell us a little bit about that journey and what got you to where you are today. So I come from a family of lifelong learners. So the mission of the EdTech sector has always deeply resonated with me. As a child, I'd watched my grandfather, then 56, pursue an MBA to pivot in his career. After we immigrated to the United States, my mom did her MBA while taking care of two toddlers and me. But what propelled me into EdTech was actually seeing how I didn't resonate with how undergraduate level engineering classes were being taught. I was studying computer engineering in college and realizing that there was a big disconnect between what universities were teaching us and what the industry was looking for. My research in college became a book about America's job skills gap that I published in 2012. And that was the same time that Udacity, Coursera, Udemy, all of these cool companies were launching to transform how education was taught and delivered to learners. 
In my career, I've been early at Udacity and Springboard, where I helped build different product lines and business functions, worked in venture capital at GSV Ventures, where I helped invest in great ed tech companies. And now through my work at AWS and Pathway, I hope to continue helping build and grow ed tech solutions so that every person can learn employable skills and pursue a more rewarding and financially lucrative career. That's really exciting, Sia, because I think it's similar to my journey, I think, as well, and a lot of others in the sense that we watch our family, our loved ones, um, what they do and how they pursue learning. And I think that has a lot to do with what we do in our future as well. And as a father myself now, it's something that's really important to me is being a role model, not just as a dad and a father figure, but as a person. Um, and my work habits and my drive really, I think, will drive them in the future too. So I love hearing that from you, um, obviously, about your grandfather and, and what your mum did too, and all the other bits in between. And, and being early stage at those companies must have been incredibly inspirational. One of the most inspiring things I heard about this actually was um, from Mike Kleber, who runs the New York EdTech Meetup. He said that we work in the most important sector because everyone you have ever met or will ever meet has been educated and we help enable that. That's just such, that's so powerful. I love it. I totally agree. Absolutely. And you do so much beyond the work you do at AWS. And I know you're sitting in the AWS offices now late at night to do this and have a conversation but you're also involved in other elements of education. What led you to start Pathway Ventures and why? Tell us a little bit about the impact you're having specifically in education. I met my co-founder for Pathway, Taylor Stockton, through a grad school professor who had taught us in different years. Taylor is also deep in the edtech sector and had his own journey kind of building great edtech products and communities. Um, so together, we were advising different edtech startups because it is like our only passion. And that's when we realized that we were working with founders many, many months before VC funds met them. The reason is that great founders often reach out to operators to get advice before they reach out to investors. And so they were asking me questions about how we did something at Springboard or Udacity and Taylor questions about his companies. And so that's when we realized that if we build a VC fund, we'll be able to support the ecosystem more deeply. So we bring like our founder and operator hats to our VC fund and our mission at Pathway more broadly is to back innovative ideas from people who are a little bit rebellious, like non-traditional in their own ways and help um, like our designing tools that help people learn employable skills, grow in their careers and have the right types of communities to support those transitions. Yeah, I love that. And specifically, if there is someone listening today that uh, has an idea or has started something and just wants to dive in, what's the way for them to to start that journey of thinking about an investment or thinking about having a conversation with people like yourselves? The first step, honestly, is to validate the idea. The best kind of funding comes from customers. And so developing some sort of an MVP, starting to get some sort of customer validation is super key. And I think first-time founders especially think that making like getting angel investments or VC funding is the first step to do uh, first step to go towards. But the first step is actually just getting customers excited about the product and kind of building that momentum. 
And after that, if they're looking to connect with investors, like once they've kind of hit some of those critical milestones and are ready to accelerate the business, then I think it's the t- right time to start talking to angel investors and small VC funds like Pathway, um, which help invest at the earliest stages. And um, there are also, we have some friends who run the Transcend Network, which I'm a big fan of, which is an accelerator and a VC fund. Um, so finding these kind of investor partners early um, and just working with them to grow the business before they start engaging with more established VC funds is the right process, I believe. Yeah, I appreciate that. Coming back to AWS and the work that EduSpark specifically does, EduSpark works with AWS to support the strategic and technical application of our solution to clients globally. What do you do to support in this sector and what can AWS do for other companies or schools globally? Great question. So AWS EdTech is obviously very broad, but I'll talk a little bit about what my team does and how we work with companies and schools. With AWS Marketplace, we're trying to do for B2B software buying what Amazon.com did for consumer products. We want to make it really easy for customers, in this case, like businesses and public sector organizations, to discover, test, buy, and deploy digital products. So basically, overall bringing like speed and ease to the B2B buying process. We have many leading edtech companies selling to their end customers, whether it's businesses or school districts through AWS Marketplace. I joined AWS to build up this edtech vertical. And since then, we have launched about 22 big edtech sellers and are aiming to grow that more. That's incredible. And the work that you and the AWS team do in supporting edtechs in the space is incredible. And I can't thank you enough from EduSpark as well, as well as many other companies around the world that appreciate that support and getting a leg up into areas and regions to support their growth and development as well. Yeah, thank you for your partnership. Absolutely. Let's jump into some quick fire questions here. The first thing that comes to your head and, and maybe a brief why What's your favorite EdTech book or resource? Definitely Matt Tower's newsletter, EdTech Thoughts. It's this great weekly resource to capture everything that's happening in the space. Amazing. We'll make sure the link to that is in the podcast notes as well. What's your go-to EdTech tool that the listeners need to try? I think I would recommend Resume Verded. It's a free AI tool that provides line-by-line feedback on resumes. So I think that's a huge plus, especially for everyone looking for a new job this year. Okay, amazing. Really, really cool. I'd love to learn a little bit more about that. And we'll make sure that link is also uh, in the notes so people can click straight through and check it out. What's one daily habit or practice here that helps you enjoy, progress and succeed in your career? <laughs> I think having like a hype playlist that I listen to daily definitely helps. I read that Barack Obama has two hype songs that he listens to to get charged up before any significant moment. And so um, I definitely created my own hype list. And my friend Akash and I created a hype playlist that VC friends listen to in case anyone needs inspiration. That's really cool. I like that a lot. I will definitely ask for that playlist, I think. I think we will probably all need it um, <laughs> at the moment, particularly. Thank you so much, Sia, for today. It's been really inspirational in such a short amount of time. And I know that there's so more that you've got to give and share with people. What's the best way for the listeners to follow and connect with you? So LinkedIn is my favorite social media. I'm always posting cool things I'm working on or hearing about in the ed tech sector there. 
So in case anyone wants to connect, LinkedIn's the best way to find me. Awesome. We'll make sure that's out there for everyone to follow you and connect with you as well. Sia, thank you so much for your time today. It's been inspirational. Thanks so much for having me, Craig. I'm away for the next two weeks, so the podcast is taking a two-week break. We'll be back on the 13th and 14th of April with more Ignite EdTech episodes, so stay tuned. I highly recommend for you to go back and find missed episodes in our catalogue of nearly 120 learning experiences. Please go back, subscribe, listen, enjoy, and stay safe. I'll see you again in two weeks. If you enjoyed today's episode, please follow us and share the podcast with your PLN and colleagues. Please remember to spend a few minutes to rate this podcast too on your podcast channel of choice so we can reach even more educators and edtech enthusiasts globally. Remember, you have the chance to win as well. Check out the links in the description for more, and I'll see you again next week. If you liked today's episode, please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss another episode and be in the drawing to win prizes every week. If you know others that would enjoy the show, please hit that share button and brighten their day. Join us again next week for your weekly EdTech hit with at Mr. Kemp NZ. We'll see you again soon.